What's up, guys? Welcome to the Make My Day podcast. My name is George, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Capriti and Winston Moy. Winston, how have you been, buddy? I've been exceedingly busy, <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll fill you guys all in later. But uh, Luke, how are you doing? I'm surprisingly the opposite. I'm slowly but surely getting rid of that busyness and um, have been relaxing, especially now on my spring break, petting my Maui buoy right be- uh, beneath my table. So, uh yeah. What about you, George? I've been <laughs> insanely busy, probably on the the Winston end of the scale, I guess. Uh, and that's cool. You got Maui there. Ruby finally, oh, yeah. Ruby finally got to meet Maui when me and Luke met up to mm-hmm. do the CNC handover, which was awesome. Yeah, um, which I'm not even kidding. I'm so excited about that. I've actually started organizing the garage nice. because so finally having it in hand has made me you know, do what I've needed to do for about a year now. And um, I think I have a spot essentially lined up. I'm just kind of moving the air compressor out of the way so it can fit in place. But yeah. Isn't that funny? I always find like, you know what you want to get, right? Like for your shop and you know, you're gonna have to rearrange your shop to to make it work. And I'm wondering if Winston's on the other end of the scale, but, um, and you don't do anything about it until you get it, and then it's like, all right, now let me let me build up my enclosure for it. I'm gonna move this here. Now I'm gonna play because I got the 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 bigger Shapeoko CNC, and I knew like I knew I had to move everything. I knew I had to build an enclosure. I knew the size of the enclosure. I had all the plans, but I didn't do a thing until that CNC showed up to my door, <laughs> and it sat there for like a week. And then I was like, all right, let me get to this now type of thing. It just sits in a box. I have stuff from christmas that are still sitting in a box because i want to do stuff for my shop with them and that's like that just i don't know does that happen to you guys <laughs> i can say I yes mean, but go ahead Winston. yeah um i'm in the opposite like situation right now because i have the benefit that i'm going to be moving into a new garage right so i can like premeditate everything and it's an exciting and expensive like planning process right now um, just like with the benefit of hindsight, I'm like, I want all of the storage. I want like cabinets on the walls. Um, like I know we could probably start moving into the new house, like in maybe three weeks or so. Um, but there's still like stuff I want to do to the garage. Like I want to, like the old owner had a carpet in there. Oh. I want to just rip it all out, put down epoxy, nice. um, coating on the floors and like, until that's done like i don't want to move anything into the garage until i get lighting installed i don't want to like put too much stuff that'll clutter up the the floor uh until there's storage there i don't want to bring like too many things i need to stash away so i'm kind of paralyzed by the um prospect of like wanting to get everything done just right before i start piling stuff into the garage uh which is definitely an unusual but i think it'll be um good in the long run rather than just like all right it's our moving day just get everything crammed into the house in boxes and and figure out how to unpack it later (laughs) so So, given that i have the benefit of time i like i want to try and do this right um but i'll probably end up compromising in some ways but uh right now i'm i'm all about like all right which expensive like organization system do i need to buy (laughs) right now to make this space perfect so i have like a million questions based off like everything you just said <laughs> yeah. first of all congrats because this is the first time the listeners are hearing that yes, you sir. have yeah. got <laughs> thank you thank you, you finally got a house after seeing probably more than i don't know hundreds of them I guess, half of the like, los no, angeles I mean, city well, <laughs> we probably saw like 
30 or so and we made offers on 10. Wow. Well, congrats. That's awesome. Um, Does that mean you get the garage for your shop? Is that already like your territory? Yeah. um, We we negotiated that since like I have certain needs like (laughs) with regards to a workshop. um, I get the garage in its entirety. Um, and it's also a one car, right? So yeah. there's not a lot of room for compromise. Welcome there. to the one car garage um, shop club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least yours is extra long. Yeah. I, I got um, lucky with that. And the other stipulation is until there are two children in the picture, I get one of the bedrooms as my studio. Whoa. That's, nice. that's pretty sweet. All right. Yeah. Um, now, what did, uh, what did your girlfriend get in, uh, what's it called? in exchange <laughs> you have to clean um, like the entire house or i mean there's got to be something else no I'm, I'm giving her most of the executive decisions Sweet. on like colors and like tile for the bathroom um but also she gets to claim half of the um studio as like a crafting room oh, nice. or lego room uh so <laughs> Awesome. I cannot yeah, wait I see to that see jealousy what this on your turns face, out George. To. Like a craft slash Lego slash very because because I've been um, I'm gonna have to talk to you about that because I've been trying to figure out how to do. I have no space left, and I need Lego display like some way to do it in a cool way. Because um, me and M- Michelle uh, started doing Legos with me. M- Michelle never crafted before we got married. Then she she got uh, one of those cricket machines. Started cra- you know her room is like a crafting room now. Then got her into Legos. We built like a friend's um, studio set. Uh, okay. And now I have like a, a Batmobile thing I want to put up. And then I have like a bunch more I want to do. I just need a way to display them because they're just like there's no place to show them off. You know what I mean after they're built. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're you're so right, like with your, because I my light like for my garage, I change my lighting like three or four times. Because if you if you don't get it right with the like the frequency when you're recording, you're gonna have this like this pinging of the 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 like the flickering, the flickering yeah. of the lights, and it ruins your entire video. And so so I'm really curious to see what you do for lighting and then storage. Like I just this once I put in this giant CNC. I moved everything into my shed that I could. Like all my paint is in my um, shed. Everything that I maybe use once a month versus every day is like in my shed. So I'm just going to carry it back and forth at the end of the day. So really curious to see how it's going to turn out, buddy. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine if you got a four by eight CNC? Oh, man. So yeah. he can imagine it. You can see it on his face. <laughs> it's, like, that it's, been awesome. it's crushing me because I mean, I want it and I need it, but I'm happy like that the decision was let me wait because like we're gonna move at some point and moving a fort bite cnc would have been miserable i can't even imagine then the other part is if we move like my goal is to have a big enough backyard where i can have a two-story like giant like i need like as big of a i want it on my property because i don't want to have to drive to do all this i want it to be able to keep walking there like i do now um but I need it to be like two stories, giant. I want all my 3D printers there. I want my laser machine. I want everything. Like I want the recordings. We, we kind of talked about this before, but but yeah, I, it was a good decision not to get it at the moment. Do you want to build the the whole studio? No, um, absolutely sec- not. <laughs> you want it to already be there, right? I am not like a like construction builder savvy person. Like I would probably be very proud if I did that, but. That's not like where my passion lies at all, and mm-hmm. like building structures and stuff like that. Interesting. 
Yeah. That's when you said that you had the shed and you moved everything there. We're I'm going to be cutting down um, a couple of trees in my backyard. They're like the real small ones, but you can still see they have surface level roots. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have to grind down the stumps so that we can then lay a concrete pad so I can put a shed in so nice. I can finally have a space to my garage is a half car garage that then stores outdoor equipment as well as, um, you know, the woodworking and all that kind of stuff. And then it, it starts to spill over into the laundry room and I've had to throw things up in the attic. So it gets very frustrating to be like, oh, yeah, I need, you know, the leaf blower. I think I put back up in the <laughs> attic and it's like I just want two places, one outdoor stuff, one indoor making all that good stuff. So your shed is going to be storage, the one that you're building and then your making will be in the half car. You're thinking I'm thinking doing like a 10 by 14 or maybe I'll go a little bit bigger. Um, I'll see. I want it to be large enough that I can get four by eight sheets in there and store with room instead of it being perfect fit um, and possibly get the table saw in there because I'll be upgrading to a better table saw probably in a few months, maybe over the summer. I'm I'm, I'm curious then because I've always contemplated like storage in a shed, like with wood, especially in New Jersey with like the humidity. And Mm -hmm. I wonder how, like, if you have to insulate the shed even more, if you're going to like leave it there for a little while so that it can like, um, the moisture can kind of like settle with the room. And then once you move, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how that turns out. Yeah. That's it. So I'm not going to be storing nice wood with Willard Brothers oh, gotcha. being so close. Like I probably will just, OK, I'll get the wood that I need and then I can, you know, work with it, you know, as I need it. So I don't think I'd ever have it where that becomes kind of like what you were saying with a two story place where <laughs> yeah. there is storage of materials. Then there is a clean room for soldering and 3D printing and all that. And then your dirty room of, you know, make as much sawdust and chips as you want. Um, so, yeah, not not at that level, but definitely somewhere I could break down a four by eight sheet, uh, whether that be with a table saw in there or just uh, surface space that I could with a circular saw run through it Hell to get yeah. it to size. Um, yeah, I, all my uh, workbenches are mobile right now. So in the garage, I have um, I want to make a little I don't know if it's going to be a YouTube video, but it could be one where I just show oh like boy. how I reused <laughs> my um, ping pong table and whatnot to make my workbench. And uh, yeah, so I, I have ideas of how I can keep things so I can play that rush hour traffic game that used to be on Cool Math for Kids. Don't know if you ever played it. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like you move the cars left, right, up, down until you can get your car through the traffic jam. No, never played that oh, one. Drawing a blank here. You've never seen. Oh, I'm gonna have to put the link. Yeah, I'll find it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that game, and it made me think of when Winston was saying, like, I don't want to move all my stuff into the garage and then have to constantly rearrange it, because that's exactly what we did. Was that we moved in, threw everything in the house, and you essentially play that rush hour game wow. where you're moving you know, four boxes from one room to the other, you get the room that you were just working in pretty good. And then you realize, well, I just dirtied up, messed up or disorganized the other room. And so you constantly are just moving um, things around until, you know, two years later, it's kind of organized. I mean, it's amazing, though, because like for me, that alone would make it so hard to do even start a product like starting products are so hard already right like you like you, like getting that first cut because you want to do all the planning it's like oh maybe you shouldn't do it yet so like having everything in place i feel like is what lets me 
get started. I noticed that I don't do wood turning projects as much because I'm like, I'll just push this because I don't want to like pull it out and, and like have it set up. So I'm curious to see like once you do have it, like it, things in place, how much more you might like find it easier to do projects. But I did think it was interesting because I also just decided it's actually like completely not worth storing wood in, mm -hmm. in like in any aspect, I think. Like I have two uh, lumber racks and I'm, I'm going to start um, chopping up all that wood and using it to get rid of them because just like dealing with how that wood ends up turning up because you, you, your shop's not set up to store wood, right? I'd rather put that into the professionals and, and buy the wood at the moment. Um, and use it you know later down the line but right now i looked at my wood that i've been holding in there for years and like it's like bun of it bunch of it's already curved and like not perfect and it's just going to make my life so much harder and it just wasn't worth it at the end of the day yeah it takes up so much shop space and really you're does. like oh yeah i could use this for and then you rattle off like 20 different projects in your head that are not even close to the top of your priority list and so it's like really i want to save this you know five dollar piece of wood so that i can maybe start that project three months from now or exactly. if not later <laughs> so yeah i think i'm finally realizing that type of it's not necessary if i if i don't have a purpose for it mm -hmm very soon it, it might not be necessary to hold on to it it's hard for me to do that because i like to be like, you know resourceful and not throw too much away but at the same time it's like man maybe i can just i've given a lot of stuff like to my neighbors who have said like oh you know what i need this for um x y or z or i can't remember if i told you guys i'm getting my windows replaced in the house um we have some really old windows and um the guy who was quoting us i showed him in the into the garage for some reason and I was like, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of this. He's like, really? Could I take some of it? Oh, nice. He started just like going through my scrap pile and taking random pieces of wood and um, trim and all that. So that even helped getting rid of it. So like just handing it out, giving it to people who say they have uses for it opens up shop space. One so. man's trash is another yeah. man's treasure. Yeah. Man. That's the oh, yeah. really goes long. <laughs> That's going to be my post for today. I, I made a pretty cool thing out of somebody's old dining room chair that was in our trash the other day. So, oh nice yeah i'll have to show you guys that later that's probably like the next best feeling to like actually using it yourself is to give stuff to someone who can like actually make use of it because like i'm holding on to little pieces of wood i'm like well this would make a really good like pen turning blank or yeah. something and like <laughs> exactly. i don't do that like why am i holding on to it so i'm, I'm glad you're able to find someone who could appreciate yeah. your uh, scraps for uh their true potential yep and Luke, the ping pong workshop table would be a phenomenal YouTube video. You think so? <laughs> I think yeah, I might need, <laughs> might need some tips or something from you. I was talking to one of my good friends I grew up with um, the other day. We were catching up and he was like, oh, I've been watching this guy, Mr. Beast on YouTube. And I was like, oh, no way. Like, you know, I got a friend. He's been, you know, going through right, his course or something and whatnot. So, yeah, kind yeah, of. Like one of kind of. Yeah. We're just learning from him. And um, it was just funny hearing from him who's not into making or creating videos or any of that how he's even learned like not the algorithm but the idea behind making a good video yeah he's like oh yeah i could give you all the pointers i've watched almost all of his videos wow <laughs> who okay that's, that, I mean, that's that, a lot of content to go through but just no, it was don't don't go crazy about because that stuff will drive you nuts at the end of yeah. it like to this day like the videos that i don't try to implement all that i just like be myself those end up being the most authentic and, and the best ones at mm -hmm. the end of the day. I've, I've, yeah. But 
but yeah, there's there's so much. Either way, yeah. Whenever you d- decide to do it, let's let's talk and we could okay. give you yeah. a whole bunch of tips. I'm not yeah. This. I'm not trying to make it go viral because I I don't have the the ping pong table footage of me you know breaking it down where that could have been really fun to just be like throwing the people's elbow on it or <laughs> doing crazy stunts for it. But no, I it definitely um it worked out well. Like surprisingly, ping pong table surfaces are very good for making things and creating a table so yeah not that i would recommend it because you completely lose your ping pong surface and can't play it anymore but that's, it, that's pretty it can great, be used though. for some yeah um so uh, you you mentioned something that i wanted so you mentioned that like you don't want your video to go viral and i want to ask you this winston because of your um the mac video that you had right mm-hmm. so you know obviously everybody you try to make the best you can um and we'll we'll talk about the one i just did in a second but um so so you put all this time into it and whatever like some of the, this this past video for me took i think like months like maybe more than four months like it was like nuts um do you feel pressure after that with the next video because i'm currently in the spot where i like this video i i made the this giant five foot statue for uh, another big youtuber zhc he's an artist he's got like more than like i don't know like 10 million followers or something um and it's like my proudest piece of work to date and now like i'm on the like i'm been in this motion where i want to post a video every week but you know how do i you know the next video what do I go to? Do I, like, I don't want to go to like to my CNC enclosure build after building like giant statue for like a, a YouTuber, or maybe I shouldn't just be like whatever I want to do. I don't know. I feel like there's more pressure now after doing that to like keep up with the theme of like giant, awesome, huge, enormous builds type of thing. So I want to, I want to pick your brains because I'm like, I'm struggling mm-hmm. on this one. <laughs> I got some thoughts. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I would say, um, for me, the pressure is not there because I have staked my channel around doing things where I learn something, where I find something interesting, where I know the next project will probably be radically different from a a style or a theme perspective. So that alone, like, just takes the burden off of me. Like, I know, like, I'm not comparing apples to apples. Like, this project's an apple, this project's an orange. Like, there's no, like... I can't use one video to predict how the next one's going mm, to do. I like that. If I was making like there's one channel out there like he makes like a bunch of different cutting boards like if you know one does well you, like the next one you're doing a similar kind of project different design maybe like then you probably expect similar performance. But here like the things that I'm making are different enough that I know they're going to resonate with different audiences. Uh, okay. So I don't like internally i'm not like oh if this video only does 50 percent as well as the other one like that's not a loss in my perspective that just tells me like okay people prefer like the shiny metal things and like not the the tiny wooden trinkets that i make um but that like having like that kind of focus um on like performance um out without context of like oh like this is why it resonated this is the audience that i hit um is going to set your uh set yourself up for disappointment so i think as long as you know like 
okay, my next project is going to be different. Instead of 3D printing, it's going to be CNC. Or instead of like um, like building something by hand, like I'm like following a plan or something. Yeah. Um, that difference is going to kind of, um, it's, it's kind of a learning process for you. Um, cause you don't know what, um, what kind of kinds of projects, uh, are really going to resonate with your audience. Um, and you're also trying to figure out like your style, like certain styles work better for certain types of projects. Okay. Uh, could you imagine if like Jimmy Teresta picked up like <laughs> Mr. Beast style editing, <laughs> like would people would have so a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> the comments would be funny though like yeah. the comments. <laughs> they would yeah. so it's like you have to find a what you're comfortable with b what your audience is comfortable with and sometimes like the most success like the most views aren't going to come from a particular combination uh you're going to be like chasing trends but maybe you're not doing exactly what you want yeah you're right. so i mean i see like viral successes as a like a pleasant surprise uh like if it happens but i'm not chasing that like i know like maybe every like five to ten videos like i'll have something that that um does really well on youtube but like i'm not optimizing every video to try and chase that same high um i kind of just i i figured out at, the, at this point like i've got a decent like middle size channel I'm not looking for too many, like, I don't want to grow explosively, um, but I would like to just consistently make content because I like sharing mm -hmm. it. Um, where was I going to go with this? Um, so instead of, like, trying to do the things I think will lead to the greatest success, um, I've kind of just come to the conclusion that as long as I make it a story that I'm happy with, um, I'm going to use, like, just my satisfaction with that story arc from start to finish, the problem I'm trying to solve, the solution I came up with. Uh, if I'm happy with that, that's kind of a proxy for how well I think it'll do. I love that. I'm not like, do I like, uh, am I like, like captured like by this, like the visuals or like super entertained or like, is there like a, a really clickbaity title? Um, you you could like there's a i'm sure there's a checklist for like things you can do to maximize the oh, yeah, uh, for sure. the retention <laughs> and the, the clickability but at the end of the day like if i like the video i trust that the people who are watching me who followed me for a while like that's also the kind of content that they like uh, i like the way you uh, that. so yeah yeah like you have to trust that like if you watch it if your gut says I like that, then people who are similarly minded to you will also like that. Um, as opposed to like some arbitrary outside metric uh, for success, for growth, where like people who are uh, roped in by that, they may not share the same values that you do uh, about pacing, about visuals, about storytelling, about the things you're making. Uh, so at the end, of the end of the day, you are the benchmark the metric for what your audience will like i think yeah. i love the that. way i was gonna approach this is very similar to how winston started ending it was um george are you proud of the thing you made oh yeah are you proud of um you know maybe how you've helped this artist like get something that they've really wanted um are you proud of 
you know, how this might help their channel? Or are you only going to be proud of if you hit a certain number of views, right? Because I think that's going to really change how you approach each video. If you are only looking at views or revenue from your uh, channel, or if you're looking at like the comments or whatever the thing is, that then can um, distract you from all the effort, time, and like cool things that you just put into your work. So um, something I was listening to the other day, I think it was on a podcast or Blinkist, was um, with whatever you do, there's products and outcomes, right? So you could look at the product of something and be like, oh yeah, I, I hit 100,000 views or a million subscribers or something, like that's great. But the outcome could be I've helped you know, a hundred people figure out 3D printing or get started with 3D printing or learn how to make this or um, check out this new channel or, you know, this artist uh, just got so many new subscribers from my channel, right? Yeah. There's ways that you can kind of just flip the narrative slightly that makes you feel like, oh yeah, you know what? The outcome I'm going for here is, you know, to educate people on 3D printing or CNCing or woodworking. Um, and I think that can then change how you look at the success of each video. Similar to what Winston's saying, like it might not be another 3D printing video um, or you know, it doesn't matter really what it is next. You know that every video is not gonna get the same number of views. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Right, or whatever that arbitrary pressure is of I want my video to be successful. And I think you just got to go into it with like, if you like that project and um, you're happy with, you know, what it ended up being, like the, whether it's the way it looks, if it fits, if it um, is the perfect stool or something that you needed <laughs> in your room, it's like, oh, finally, I, you know, I made that. Then you can just be happy with, you know, the three viewers or the 3000 viewers. Um, yeah, I, I really think for you, like you've been pushing out a ton of content. It seems like you've been super busy making stuff Oh yeah. <laughs> to feel pressure for the next video to do better. You would have to define what better is. Yeah. Maybe it's even yeah. you learning like a new editing, you know, uh, software or uh, skill or something like that. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't be too concerned for no, you. No, I love the way you guys phrase it because because you guys touch on like everything I care about because at the end of the day like I don't want to be driven by like algorithms like views and that like that's to me that's some person decided how that's how they make money and then we all become like puppets of their like their like ecosystem that doesn't lead to happiness but um so I mean I guess from I was thinking of it more from a, a project based I'm like, obviously everything I do, I'm super proud of. This is my proudest thing yet. I mean, this took, um, you know, I had to use, I had to have like software skills to break up a model. First, we have to make the digital model. Then we have to break it up into parts that could be 3D printed and then get put back together, which is like way harder than I'm like, I'm like explaining it. Like when I had, like when I figured out how to do it, I was like, okay, that worked. But I, it took me like, I think like a week or two to actually get it right. Um, and you guys were there. I, I actually messaged you because I first tried to do it out of wood and it looked so bad. I, this has been like a roller coaster, right? Because I was like, I'm a woodworker. I want to make this. Although like I should 
pull myself back to become more of a maker, more of the 3D printing because I really enjoyed it. But I was like, I got to make this out of wood that looks so cool. And it looked so bad, like with the idea and it was going to be way more work than it was worth and like all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you guys were like, you should just 3D print this. I'm like, you're, you're right. Like, it's not like, it's not about like making things harder for myself, it, 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 you know. Um, so then with the 3D printing, like in my video, I'm working on storytelling, which you touched upon, Winston, which I never cared about before. And that was like my bad. Like storytelling is huge. People should understand like why I'm doing something and like the journey I took. But there's still so many parts that like I felt I couldn't share because it wouldn't be interesting to people. Like the 3D printers broke, I think, every day. Like I think I had, I had three of them running. I think I had one of them break every single day. Where if it was like, you know, halfway through a print that was 24 hours, it's like, all right, like, then I'd have to go slice the model at the exact point and try to match it up so that I could save those 12 hours while fixing this, the thing, which I'm really proud about. Again, like, I'm proud of a lot of moments because I know so many parts of what makes a 3D printer run better now um, from from doing that, like understanding all the different failure modes. There's clogged nozzles, there's thermal runaways, there's... Um, like i don't know like not enough info on some parts or whatever it was like just a bunch of stuff to print these to hold um and then you know shipping like shipping was a disaster once it putting it together actually was actually a lot easier than i thought i don't know if you guys know this what do you think the strongest way to bond 3d printed parts together is if you had to like take a bunch of parts together and say, I need this to hold and, and like connect them, what would you use? Like super glue? I mean, that would be my first like inclination. I think it's plastic slightly. I, I think it's strong enough, but it's also plastic, which is slippery. Or um, what about no, not hot glue, because that probably won't bond to it. But like melting you it. Might... You know, that that's where yeah. I'm Well, what about solvent welding? Huh, I didn't actually oh. think about that. Like you could use <laughs> tape. <laughs> been interesting. tape. It's duct tape, I bet, right? No, you're right. It, it was super glue. So sea glue is like the oh, okay. strong like if you look up any like it for plastic, it's like a welded bond. As long as there's like material for it to touch. There were some points where I had to use a combination of which this is really interesting. I don't know if you guys have done this before. I would put a like if the inside wasn't completely flush, I would put two uh, part epoxy to let it be thick enough to touch and then super glue kind of in it and around it super glue and epoxy has a chemical reaction that like happens like within like 10 seconds so like the second you do that you got to touch the parts together really fast and the bond is like insane i never put super glue on epoxy before and i was like amazed at like you just see it crystallize and it's like this like insanely hard glue at the end of the day. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, CA glue is is the strongest. Like it, it's it's awesome. The the statue the statue broke a bunch of times because I shipped it to California, which I wish I never did because there is no shipper that would have taken care of this, you know. I wish I built a pallet box, I wish I did a million things differently, to be honest. Um so it got there, we had to rebuild it a bunch of times. And then I traveled out to Texas because the guy who was painting it, he's not a maker. He doesn't know how to fix stuff. And he was just like, it just kept failing time after time. Like he tried to use Bondo, but didn't understand 
what that little tube was which actually lets bondo work <laughs> so he didn't mix it and it was just like putty i was like no nah, you got to use that you got to mix it like i was trying to, but it wasn't working so i was like all right i'm gonna fly out you bring it we're gonna fix it overnight because we only had like one night at that point to get it to this youtuber because they have like those tight schedules and like that was another like awesome like I, i've always wondered what it would be like right to like pack up my shop get out there do work on site not have like any more access to anything i didn't think about and i was like really happy with myself because like everything i bought i you brought i used and it like stood up at the end of the day um so just like so many lessons like learned from this experience that made it like not only like my proudest project because it was again like a five foot six statue that was completely 3d printed but like like the almost like the journey it took to make this happen and like not give up on it after months of like like i'd get phone calls from the artist constantly being like dude it broke again it broke like it felt it broke i'm like jesus christ i don't even know like i don't know how to help you from like jersey without like it, it was like eating away at me almost i was like ah this this i wish it just like had it all together and drove it out there and it wouldn't have had to deal with any of those kind of stuff. So a lot. (laughs) And when you were telling that story, it made me think of uh, what's it? Apollo 13 where the, trust me, I get, it's very different They're in outer space, but it's that idea that wait, I only brought these tools Mm -hmm. or supplies. Now I have to figure it out. Right. You had to make sure that it um, stood. But yeah. It had to stand. Honestly, that feeling of like MacGyvering something or like solving a problem like on the spot, like that's how like heroes are like made in like senior projects, like <laughs> yeah. from like college or like any like big engineering effort. Like that feeling of like problem solving on the spot and actually having it work is probably for me like the emotional oh, high yeah. that would keep me wanting to do high stakes mm-hmm. things. Um, it felt great because you're right that felt great and (laughs) you wouldn't think it but like in my mind my goal was all right we have a certain amount of hours from when i arrive so my like my thought process was the number one thing i have to do is figure out how to make glue dry faster like whatever it is at the end of the day like i have a 3d printer pen i have these new feet that i have to cut off the feet because they like bent when at the guy like when it fell one time they like they were destroyed so I knew I, had, I could cut it off, but in my mind, I was like, I need to make glue dry faster so that they can be attached and he can still paint over it. Because once you paint like glue or epoxy before it's dry, it's like ruins the chemistry. It won't glue anymore. Um, and that's why like, I looked up everything I possibly could. But once it was literally the night before I took um, flew out that I did the CA glue with the epoxy and saw it crystallize. I was like, holy crap, that just happened. Like I had I had actuator. um uh, the spray can Act- too activator yeah activator yeah. that helped uh with the super glue but not for the epoxy and once i saw that with the epoxy I was like okay that's lucky as hell that let's see if that works and it worked so well at the end of the day which is awesome but yeah biggest proudest moment and that and i think that's where a lot of um i want to be as proud and I'm, i probably can't that's what i have to realize like that's like not going to be every week (laughs) you know it's not going to be every week i can i can do something to that level but you're right as long as the next project i'm learning i'm teaching others i'm you know i'm proud of it at the end of the day that's a good project that didn't you know 
And then uh, going along with that, kind of how Winston said, what, every five to ten videos you feel like, hey, something seems to click and it does really well, um, you know, that success-wise. It could be that you try to take on every, I don't know if month is going to be uh, possible, but say like once a quarter, right? So you do four really big projects. Um, and that could be kind of like your thing is that you have this one huge project that you're working on and maybe you're still able to do a couple smaller ones um, alongside that, well, you know, maybe while things are 3D printing or again, whatever it may be, but that way that you have that hero's journey every so that. often and like the high of like, oh my God, I have to figure this out. Boom. I did finally figure it out. Um, you just got to recognize like, hey, it's riskier. So there are the stakes that what if you don't get it done in time or what if you can't figure out a way to make glue dry faster but that's the point right like that's the the adrenaline rush it's like you know cliff jumping the higher the cliff the scarier it is and once you get too used to it you need to go up higher so you're going to get to a point where maybe if you space them out enough you can keep doing it but there's no way to just keep doing that every week or even probably every month it sounds like for how in-depth of a project it, it became. i love that actually i, I love your cliff jumping and I, that, that's really good yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah but i don't know when you were telling me about all this it was making me think of um me doing the set yeah design i was gonna ask where, you very i yeah, want to hear like, about this the whole cliff jumping build. idea <laughs> yeah is that for me i just dove into it thinking like, oh, it can't be that difficult, right? That uh, I don't know if this is how you started yours. Like, it's 3D printing. I'll just slice it up and glue them together or, um, or like, lock them in, like, puzzle pieces. And for me, I was thinking, hey, you know, I've, I've seen sets before. It doesn't look that complicated to make some stairs or whatever it may be. And then it becomes, obviously, a lot more complicated. Every sort of... Um, you know, whether it be like engineering, education, um, or any other job out there, there's always a lot of little nuances yeah. that you as the outsider don't recognize until you're in it. And I think that's where I quickly realized, wow, I'm in pretty deep. I don't know if I'm in over my head yet, but <laughs> I've got to, I've got to get to work on this. And I'm just so mad at myself that I don't have kind of like this final picture or video of how the set could all move. Because that was the thing that for me, it, I don't know if you've ever seen like in a, in a musical, you know, like the actors and stuff, they jump and dance and sing and all that good stuff. But sometimes a prop can be interacted with. So um, we were doing honk, which is like the ugly duckling and the one actor, you know, like they have to hatch from a nest. And so we had built this nest that uh, could spin around. And on the other side, it was a pond. So like you could see like there was this hay and straw that made it look like a nest. And then um, in like the next scene, they're swimming in the pond, right? He's um, a duck or a swan. And then it looks like there's, you know, four of these actors kind of in there swimming and whatnot. And like they had those, you ever go to a McDonald's playground and they have those balls in there? Yeah. Like you can jump in the ball pit. Uh, we had like blue balls in there for them to like splash around so it looked like water so it was like really cool thing that you could um see this one piece but depending on the scene we could change it and then we had these i forget what they're called now i know they were flats so it just looks like a flat wall but the way that we connected it to the stage there were these tracks or rails at the top 
so you could slide them in and out and we could change you could like make there were clouds on the top so it made like maybe it was windy or something oh, um cool. you could be hiding characters behind them so like you could move it from one side to the other and characters could move out and then kind of appear how tall in different were those? spots uh, what was that how tall were they uh 16 feet holy tall. smokes <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then we had um a barn that on one side it looked like a barn so we had like shingled um essentially like eighth inch uh thick plywood so it really looked like a barn we had the red x or the um like the red painted and then the white x you know barn doors and uh when you flipped that around on the other side was the inside of the house which looked like a kitchen, like a cartoonish kind of kitchen. So that we had um, painted on like a refrigerator, um, dishwasher, stove, like that kind of stuff. So again, that structure was 16 feet tall too. How did you flip it around? Like how do you flip out something that's 16 feet tall? <laughs> so you you have to build almost like an enormous skateboard. So it's it was about, I think it was 16 uh... feet tall and 12 feet wide. Notice everything was in uh, units of four mm-hmm. when we made this stuff, right? For plywood sheets, Smart. just to keep you know less um, cutting and whatnot. So yeah, it was I think twelve by sixteen, and you had this twelve foot wide skateboard that had I think we ended up doing five casters on the bottom because we had two casters out wide, Smart. and you need the stage crew to be able to lock it in so that it doesn't move once it's in the scene if we don't want it to move. So uh, what we had done was first had four, and then I was like, wait a second, this is way too long, right? A 12-foot um, two-by-four is not really going to hold up the weight of everything mm-hmm. on there. So it started to bow slightly in the middle, and I think we had put a fifth caster in the middle just to support it. Um, but even that, like how you were talking, George, about like you only brought so many things, I had to bring most of my own tools into the school and then using the few casters or whatever supplies they had in the school, be like, all right, do we have five of the same casters? Oh, no, we don't. All right, well, we can use these four for the corners. And what type of adapter out of you know scrap wood are we going to make for the center caster? It was, it's like it was nuts. Everything we had to do was constantly, I feel like how you're saying the 3D printers would break. It was like every day we go in there. It's like, all right, what are we doing today? All right, we're working on the barn. What do we need to do for it to get it to stand up and realize this was me. And at one point we had seven kids on the crew, but we never had all seven there. It was me and these two other girls who um, there were a junior and a senior. And think about this. Now, this is just as COVID's kind of ending. So they never really had much experience building or making. And they were able to help me. I feel like it was primarily us three put all of this stuff together like and yeah it was it was crazy they were like rock stars man like my mind is my mind is blown so at first when you're describing this i'm like oh like so there's like other like teachers or something that are helping you out for sure Mm -hmm. like like you're telling me like so you like directed this with like seven like children that have never done (laughs) stuff before this oh yeah like never insane. used any sort of tool before. The those two girls that I was talking about, like yeah, they they knew the ins and outs of like which tools were which. The one girl in particular, um, the other girl was very good at directing others. So like when we had um a few more people, she could kind of like keep them all occupied more or less, and like hey, let's help do this or this. Um, but I do want to give a shout out, uh, this guy, Andrew Robinson, he's a set designer. Uh, he was unreal. The last 
two days. It's called Tech Week is the week leading up to the first show. The last two days, he came and helped tie everything together. So he was the guy who like planned out how he wanted the set to look, uh, gave me um, kind of like plans or whatever. We had talked about how he could um, show the plans and bring them all together. Uh, more like the drawings that we would have to make at Navier, like the manufacturing level drawings. And uh, yeah, so he came in the last two days. He's a really good painter and carpenter and whatnot. So um, me and him, we were able to kind of bring a lot of it together um, at the very end, check that things were going to work correctly. But yeah, it was it was nuts. Even like one of those sliding flats had broke during <laughs> rehearsal one time. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God, could you imagine if during the show it broke? Like that would have been awful. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, just like learning... Um, even the different parts of the stage, I didn't know about that stuff. But yeah, it was unreal. I wish that I had talked to a kid who was into videography or mm -hmm. really anything like that and just said, hey, why don't you follow us along make and a make, movie of it for make a movie yeah. of it? Because that would be cool. I think the stage crew kids would obviously love that. But even the actors and actresses, they would have thought it was cool. And I really think like that could be something if I were to do it again next year. I'm still a little iffy about that, <laughs> to be honest, just because it was so much pressure, or I felt a lot of pressure that, my God, if we don't get this to come together, it's all these kids working, you know, Jesus. night and day to get their <laughs> songs and steps and whatnot down pat. How long did so, this take from like start to finish? Um, So remember, I was doing the middle school one. I yeah. focused on that in January. So I would say all of February um and then like the at least the first two weeks to maybe three weeks of march and, and it was after school so i would stay there and go home around like nine ish so it became oh and i was doing robotics too so dude i thought <laughs> i was busy i really thought i was busy yeah. i can't believe I'm, my mind is like yeah to bits no right i now. mean we're all busy in different ways it just was i had been told from many teachers or people that I was like working with at school, they're like, you took on way too much. You bit off more than you can chew. And my response to them always was, you don't know how much I can eat because <laughs> quite literally, you don't know how much I can eat. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I was like, wait, if I already said yes to these people, like I got to be, you know, a man of my word and, and do this. So Dude, um, congrats. I, Luke. Yeah. You, you just gained a skill. I think that like a lot of people don't get to experience, like you could literally like, like you can do like a maker shop now where you like have a full team and like accomplish giant things you just prove like that's that's amazing to me because i i suck at working with people or i don't know like i don't do it often mm -hmm. like that skill like you can take on like you did you took on a giant project with so many parts to it you got to reach out to those like those are high school girls they definitely took pictures yeah. and videos i gotta see this thing dude you gotta yeah you gotta ask them because i, gotta I see do have this. one video that i probably can post because we're pretty far away and you can see everything sliding yes, it's please it's I pretty cool it's this. not done by any means but um this is... you get the idea of what was happening on the stage it was cool so um i and i have to check if they i think they have an instagram page so i want to see if on the Instagram page, if they have any posts that, you know, show off the stage behind it, at least, because normally they're just focused on, you know, the actors and yeah. how the um, show went and whatnot. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I was just so excited about it. And you know what the funny, I don't know if it's the worst part because it's kind of funny and um, cathartic is after it's all over, 
I forget what it's called, but it's essentially Demo Day. No, and you I was going to ask you, do they destroy everything. No. <laughs> you, you literally throw it all out in the dumpster. So <sighs> besides like a few pieces. But yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is two months of our lives that just get thrown away. You're you know, it, it, you the way that Andrew would say, he was like, remember, you are making trash right now. You're making <laughs> trash. So, like, the end life of this thing is in that dumpster right over there behind A-Hall. It's like, oh, okay, I got it. Oh <laughs> but, God. no, it, you're making something that we had, I think, five shows, which is unusual. Um, that was more than the normal amount. So that was cool, too, that they did get a great deal of use out of the whole set. But, yeah very stressful and um a lot lot learned though you know just like construction techniques you're amazing how to put dude. things together that, that, that whole thing is amazing <laughs> yeah. like i hope you get to do this again where you can get like a student Doc. to record it and and put yeah. on youtube and call the video making trash, <laughs> making trash. <laughs> that would be pretty good yeah but wow. oh my god it was yeah it was a an experience for sure uh, right now though like i've been taking my spring break as i don't want to do too much yeah, because it, i'm still trying to like recover from it i think i'm finally there though yeah is that something you would do again and if so what would you change other than not also doing robotics and who knows how many other things at the same time if, if i had to do it all again where all three of them were done at the same time um I think the first thing I would get everybody to understand, I will get it done and I just need to do it during my schedule. That was probably the hardest thing. So I tried to explain that I had multiple obligations and these were the days and times that I could work. And if I need to put in more, I will put in more and I'll let you know. But um, a lot of times I was being pulled in different directions at the same time. And that was really challenging. So if I could just get everybody to trust me and agree that it would get done, then I would feel there would be a little less pressure or stress um, from it all. Um, now, rightfully so, uh, I was getting pushed by the director or you know of the high school set or high school um, play, and I think that was good because at some times I was like, no, we got this, we got this, and they would remind me like, hey, just recognize it's a lot right like it is a lot you still got to paint and whatnot so um to a certain extent you know i wouldn't want to get rid of all of it but just hope that everybody now sees i did it one time i could do it a second time the other thing is making sure that the school was supplied with the right tools and workspace the workshop that we went into is like think of everything you have in your garage and put it in a closet it was you could not see the end of the room. There was so much stuff in there. So our first couple of days was just organizing. So it felt very much like, hey, this is like me going into my <laughs> shop. This is normal. Um, but yeah, it was making sure that you have a workspace. And I think that was something that I eventually got through. Like after the first week or two, we had more or less like a rhythm or routine. Hey, when we get in, we move the chops all out, the tables all out, they have their spots. Um, you know, hey, we need to get so many one by threes or uh, pieces of plywood. Um, like we started getting into a rhythm. So I think it's like trying to relay a certain type of workflow to the kids. If I could do that in a shorter period of time, because we have a neater workspace, I think that could also expedite. And and then 
relieve us from some of that stress and pressure near the end of the build. So it's it, it's funny how it all kind of comes back to that organization. And as George, you were saying that to just get started, if everything's in place, it's way easier. Um, I would get frustrated with the kids if they put like the hammer in the wrong drawer. It's like, no, 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 you can't do that. We can't start doing that. It's, it's got a spot for a reason. And yeah, I, I don't know. I felt like that experience, it reminded me when I go home, I can't just throw things around, right? Like I do have to stay organized because it helps you for every project after that. Um, See, so, yeah. I wish I was like that. I'm the type that, I just have to throw things around in the right drawer. <laughs> so like, I know like my one drawer that has like the hammers and like chisels that are like, oh, throw. it's not cleated by any means, but I know as long as I search for like three that, minutes. That's good enough to me. That's good enough to me. I'm okay. It doesn't have to be placed in the bottom left corner in the perfect foam cutout. That would be beautiful. And I would love that. But I'm okay if it's just in the same drawer so that if I need a hammer and I need it quick, I open up the third drawer from the top and boom, I've exactly. got my hammer. There. I don't want to be like, drawer, 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 drawer. Oh, I can't find it. <laughs> I could see Winston yeah. in his mind cutting everything out with his CNC to have foam layouts within each drawer and perfectly. <laughs> I would love that. But I mean, honestly, at work, um, it's just like I have labels on drawers like screwdrivers go here, wrenches go Smart. here. Just keep them straight. Yeah, that, and that's um, all I was looking for. You know, it doesn't have to be, again, I, I like to think back to Navair where there would be those times you open up the drawers and you could see, hey, everything's in there. There's no bright pink or bright yellow wrench, um, you know, cut out that oh, we're missing something. I would love that. That would be great. But I understand that that time, takes a lot yeah. of time, money and whatnot. And yeah, it's just as good as if you have it labeled like, Thing, I know the way the robotics team does it is they label it squeezing. So anything that squeezes stuff, you put it in that oh drawer. Um, what was the other one? Uh, like tightening or something <laughs> like that. So like all types of screwdrivers and I think even wrench. I don't know. I did not appreciate there might be it. some genius behind that though. Yeah. Think... And it was, yeah, it was. What am I doing today? To I got to squeeze something. Let me <laughs> try. Yeah. It's like, I need one of those squeezers. I'm like, what are you talking about? A clamp? They're like, no, no, no. It's like, you know, those pliers. things. And it kind of goes like, yeah, I'm like, pliers. Oh, okay. So you need pliers. That's why we have names for tools. Oh my God, okay. Rough. Yeah. So yeah. You, you can understand that there was a lot that we had to kind of all get on the same page. And yeah. Yeah. Now that there's. First of all, hearing you talk about this project just brought back so much like right? anxiety and trauma <laughs> for me cuz like I know the feeling of going into a shop that's not yours and then like trying to make the most of it. Like at Carbide, like we don't have a lot of woodworking tools, right? So when I need to like break down a, a sheet of plywood or something, like I just I brought in my own like yeah. little reciprocating mm -hmm. saw. Um like but just going into a shop blind, not knowing what you're going to find, finding a closet full of oh. things like, do we have this saw? I think we do. Let me dig through this pile to get to it. Like, it just it makes me cringe on the inside because I know that that struggle yeah. of like, do we have this? Let me dig around and find it. Yeah. And then working in someone else's system yeah. is just a lot. <laughs> and yeah. working um, with kids, but like with our kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But see, lots of times we don't give kids enough credit like they are empty slates so they are as good or as bad as their leader that. right yeah. um so i know one thing that i've learned is that if you raise the bar like if you spec a lot from the kids they will 
at least match it. Wow. Right. Lots of times what happens with kids is that a teacher will say, oh, these kids and they're TikToking and uh, they're just disrespectful and stuff. You've set the bar so low. The kids are like, all right, I only have to hit that. I can TikTok and be disrespectful. Right. They don't have a reason to try to reach for something. Oh, I love that. So look. if I love that. what I tried to do was say like, hey, I'm going to show you how to safely use a chop saw. I'll still be here. You know, you know, you need your safety glasses. Your hand should be a certain distance away from anything that you're cutting. Um, like I gave them that. What's it like power? And like they even had to do a safety test beforehand, which they're like, we never had to do this. Like, well, one, <laughs> let me just cover my own ass. OK. Um, and then two, <laughs> please just do this, because if you can pass that, you at least will think through before each time you chop. Or in my mind, that's what I would assume you would do. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of, I don't know, just eye opening that that type of theory for me seems to work. Like I could see in theory, if I raise the bar, they seem to at least match it, if not surpass it. Um, and I don't know, like I'm telling you, those two girls, if they want to pursue um, set design, I think they would be able to because they they were just as critical as I was right like I knew how to use the tools and I could tell them uh, how to look at the drawing and what we needed to do and that was new to them right like they kept saying like we're so involved this year we're so involved this year I'm like I don't know what else to do right I'm just as a, yeah. a blank slate as you are um, so I'm trying to ask for help and you two are the only people I can help get help from right now so whatever thoughts or ideas you have they're going to be just as good as something that I have and yeah, it just it ended up being a cool experience because I think they were super proud of it as well. Like That's they could awesome. see I did that part or all of this or painted that um, they could pick out things that it was on them to get that done. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I totally feel you, Winston, that jumping into someone else's shop, if it doesn't have a workflow that you agree with, is is very um stressful and slows you down to say the least but it it's a good experience like you said george i feel like it, it's a good experience that i'm glad i went through it but i can't do it not not yet not yet um, <laughs> i'm trying not to be you know like totally cut it out but it was a little much yeah oh yeah. well, you did it though i mean it, yeah this is this is awesome i think you all three of us have to get together one day and just like do something like insanely giant at this point because yeah. of like what we have all accomplished <laughs> on our own like i i can only imagine like what we can do like together one day so yeah that'd be a lot that, of fun. i i would love that i think that would be awesome to be able to work with people who have experience in making and really i feel like um, we all bring something to the exactly. table. We're not yeah. all just, um, you know, pen turners or something like that. It is very <laughs> much that we have similar skills and then we've honed other things as well. So I think so too. We'll have to keep thinking thinking through that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, we're kind of coming down on time, I think, over here, mm -hmm. guys. But this has been awesome getting to hear just everything you guys have. Like, this is, this is great. This is one of my favorite episodes. So Yeah. No, like... We, we hit everything from like traumatizing <laughs> to like inspiring yeah, right? and uh I, I full think fledge of uh, emotions in this episode <laughs> yeah no that's awesome hearing your your, uh, your individual stories about overcoming ginormous obstacles mm -hmm. um awesome and luke i just want to say like listening to you describe this process and how collaborative collaborative it was 
Like, I think you're in the right place as a teacher. I was thinking Thanks. the same thing. I was like, <laughs> thank you guys. You are exactly where you're meant to be, which is yeah. inspiring. I I appreciate that a lot because yeah, there were days where Adrian will vouch for this. I was down. I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. So yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, <laughs> glad to be on the other side of it. Because right <laughs> yeah, it was rough, but nice. Awesome. Guys. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I guess but, till next time we'll get together and see what other craziness we're up to. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Hopefully, Winston's yeah. uh, new workshop. Oh, I can't I wonder... wait. <laughs> oh yeah, that that'll be good. But you know, until then, I think we should all do a nice small small project. project. Yeah, I like that. I'm with you. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. Take care. See, see ya.